I'm a survivor, I'm like MacGyver, I'm gonna make it, when will they learn? Right when you doubt me, move on without me, that is the moment that I return. Don't clock in, I don't count hours, I won't leave, won't hit the showers, won't stop till I get my flowers. Yeah. Hate or doubt, don't know what's cuter. Count me out, you need a tutor. Won't shut down, I'm no computer. I'm a survivor, I'm like MacGyver. I'm gonna make it, when will they learn? I am the driver, I am a rider. Guess you can hate me, not my concern. I'm a survivor, I'm like MacGyver. I'm gonna make it, when will they learn? Right when you doubt me, move on without me. That is the moment that I return. A battle cry for the nights that really I could have died. Every time that I ever broke down and I cried. To the people who try to make me run, make me hide. Told me that they love me, but in the end they lied. I gotta push forward, I'm never hitting reverse. To the woman who led me, I've never seen her since birth. To the people who told me I'm stupid and I was dumb And to those who told me what I would never become I'm a survivor, I'm like MacGyver I'm gonna make it, when will they learn? I am the driver, I am a rider Guess you can hate me, not my concern I'm a survivor, I'm like MacGyver I'm gonna make it, when will they learn? Right when you doubt me, move on without me That is the moment that I return Making paper like Michael, I'm feeling like a boss. Never took a break, not Rachel and Ross. They've been too biased, they can get cross. 815, now it's time to get lost. Henny in your system, a system like Dennis. Yes, I found a lane like my last name, Venice. Going Bill Nine, so they can deny. Yes, I've been cooking in a lab like a chemist. Hated, I love it, but I won't stop. Till the day that I reach the top. A legend is what I'll be I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me I don't care what you have to say Everything is gonna be okay Yo, yo If y'all ain't got nowhere to go Just sit back and enjoy the show Show, show Show, show, show Show, show, show Just sit back and enjoy the show Show, show Show, show, show Sit back, enjoy And I ain't got shame, that's just me being frank I invested in myself like a shark, no tank I made it through the weeds like Nancy, no dank To the day I get a Grammy saying who I wanna thank If y'all ain't talking dope, then y'all ain't saying nothing like Maggie Redivining hip-hop, the tracks are still swaggy Thought I cooled up, thought you had me But my lines burn after reading like Bradley Hate it or love it, but I won't stop Till the day that I reach the top a legend is what I'll be I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me I don't care what you have to say Everything is gonna be okay Yo, yo If y'all ain't got nowhere to go Just sit back and enjoy the show Show, show, show Show, show, show 
high-quality protein to give your body what it needs when it needs it. Recover and build lean muscle with core power. Someone you can rely Who's always on your side That's why there's Nationwide That's why there's Nationwide Nationwide is on your side Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. This one of them songs that make them feel good. Yeah. Looking in the mirror like what you gonna do? The only one stopping you right now is you. Yeah, I promise I'm a fight working every single night. Cause it's not where you're from, but where you going to? A natural part of life, yeah, I know that things change. Been trying to manage green like my name was Annie Ainge. Paid all the haters, no mind, name a snow tag nine. Cause now the new music sounds strange. Big city dreams, but a small town kid. I had to take a chance, had to do what I did. Yes, I had to fucking try, I don't even know why. But I really had faith that I'ma do it big. Now Team Henny, yeah. I promise that's a crew Been trying to change the world Hope the message get through Yes, you've been down from the start So I love you with my heart So if it's the last thing you do Just put your hands up to the sky Promise you won't let me go We don't got, we multiply Going where they never go Put your hands up to the sky Promise you won't let me go I thought he was a con they're, artist, they're, just based off his look. They're edge. Holy shit! What the hell just happened?
What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to GWR Gonzo's Wrestling Room. Friday, October 15th, 2021. Got a big show today. Got uh, Eric in here like usual. Steve's Hello. over here. Then we got a special guest, the director of Hollywood House. He's a podcast host, also a pro wrestling manager. At the man Hollywood House in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. I'm excited to, to chop it up. Like you said, I'm a podcaster, man, just like you. So I'm used to, you know, asking the questions and whatnot. So it's going to be dope to be on the other side of the questions. I'm ready to hop right into it, fellas. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, man. Get somebody with some experience in here. Right on. You know, we're new. We're still kind of new at this. And, hell, anytime we can be around somebody with experience and learn and grow, we're all about it. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. But like, like we said before, we really got on air for the show. Like, you guys are already well on the right track as far as what you guys are doing. Because the hardest part is really just putting the work in. Because like, everybody wants to do a podcast these days. Like, podcasts are popping. Like, everybody, I, I know a lot of people that consume their content through podcasts nowadays. So everybody wants to do one, but to actually get started and then be as consistent as you guys have been Monday through Friday, like like I said, that's not easy. That's hard work. So you guys are killing it. So I was happy to come on and chop it up with you guys. We appreciate that, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, what, got, uh, what got you into the podcasting business? Man, you know what? That's an interesting question because like, I've always been a fan of professional wrestling ever since I was a kid. And really, I've wanted to start a podcast. Like, I have buddies that I used to work with at an old shoot job uh, over, in, over in Anderson. And uh, we talk about, like, we should do, we should do like, uh, uh, YouTube shows for, for wrestling, just talking wrestling, because we would have interesting wrestling conversations. So back in, like, 2019, I went out in January. I went back to my home in L.A. and visited some family. Like, I hadn't been there in, like, 10 years, 10, 15 years. So I went back to LA to visit family and just kind of go back to my roots, everything, you know? And, uh, I went back there and I spent a couple days. I was there with my brother, my older brother. And we were there. We stayed up to like four or five o'clock in the morning when I was there catching up and talking wrestling and stuff like that. And he was like, man, you got to let me get some sleep. Cause you have me up. To, I'm like, bro, I can talk wrestling all day, all day. I told you that I told you that. So, so he was like, man, what you need to do is you need to really start up a podcast and, and just start talking wrestling and see what happens with it. And I'm like, yeah, I would do something like that, but I don't know where to start. Like, I wouldn't know where to start or how to start. Mm -hmm. So my older brother, he kind of gave me all, like, the info, like, what to do, how to get stuff recorded, how to put it on, like, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that. And once I got all that information, I was like, cool, I got that now. All I got to do is talk, and I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I started doing it, man, and it got at least like seven or eight episodes in before people were starting to give me feedback on it. Like saying, okay, mm -hmm. I like what you're doing. I like what you got going on. And so I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And man, that that's just to answer the question as far as how I broke in, but everything that happened after that was just, has just been so crazy. And I'm sure we'll get into that to, uh, today. So, uh, so for the people that don't know, Hollywood House, he's a he's a manager for wrestling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One of the best, you know? And he manages groups like the Highlight Reel, you know what I'm saying? Dex Royal. Yep. People with gold. So, man, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm just curious, man. How did you get into, like, 
the the managing part of wrestling? Like, how did that get started for you? No, that's an interesting question. Um, so I've wanted to be my journey in professional wrestling is a lot different than a lot of other people's journeys. Cause like a lot of people who get in professional wrestling, they want to be wrestlers, right? right. Like they want to get in the ring. They want to be the tough guys. They want to, you know, win the gold, put the gold over their head and everything. For me, it was different for me because I never wanted to get in there and tangle it up with the guys. I just wanted to get in there and have a mic. I just wanted to talk. <laughs> so, so, so I, so ever since I was like 15 or 16 years old, I wanted to be a professional wrestling manager People people ask me all the time, how come you never got no. into the how come you never got into the ring? I never really desired to get into the ring. I'm a storyteller. I'm a talker. I'm you know what I mean? I'm somebody who likes to keep things interesting, who likes to keep that buzz going or keep that controversy going. So the role that I play is very much like a Paul Heyman or a Jimmy Hart or a Bobby the Brain Heenan. Somebody that, that like or or even not professional wrestling, but in boxing, think of somebody like Don King, who is one of the greatest match promoters of all time that's what i want to do anything that i'm involved in i promote the shit out of it so that's what i wanted to do as a manager so as far as breaking in um it really started out like i said i started out podcasting just like you guys started out same thing that you guys are doing i mean seriously like when we really get into it you will see how much of what you guys are doing mirrors what i did because i also did commentary for dccw that's where i started out at and then I had a couple of guys that would do commentary with me. And eventually it got to a point where they were, like I had done pretty much what I felt like I wanted to do on commentary, at least in DCCW. And I'm always open to do commentary again because that's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. But what I really wanted to do is I wanted to get out there in front of the camera and kind of show who I am as an over-the-top goofy character you know what i mean oh, yeah, like, and yeah. i think you guys we are kind of seeing that we now love, yeah. and and like so i got with my man sam right hand to god sam knight guys go check him out um knight's honor on on instagram uh check him out on the right hand to god sam knight on facebook me and him got together and we've been close like brothers for like the last two and a half years so when i was wanting to hop off a of commentary he, I knew when I had met him, I was like, I want to manage that guy. I don't know if he wants me to manage him, but I want to manage that guy. You know what you know I mean? With, you know what Sam Knight. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to hook up. And so luckily, oh, yeah. luckily for me that the feeling was mutual, that he was like, hey, man, I need something to kind of freshen me up a little bit. And, and, you know, and you're looking for an opportunity to be a manager. So it was just good timing as far as he was wanting to switch his act up a little bit. And I was just wanting an opportunity to get seen. And we've been doing it on and off for about two and a half years now. And man, we're just heating it up. Like we're, we're quickly becoming one of the hottest acts in the state of Indiana and hopefully beyond that soon because we want to get out of Indiana and do some stuff in other states too. But of course, always stay here home in Indiana and, and do stuff here. But you always want to grow and expand yourself, right? So that's, that's kind of how I broke in, man, is just toting that line of first you start out with helping out. Then you just start as like like you guys are, like what we're doing right now, the pro wrestling media, and then commentary, and then what do you want to do next? It, because if you show that you are dedicated, you sh you keep showing up, you keep putting in the work, and you keep showing that you're dedicated to this, they're going to give you different opportunities to do the shit that you want to do. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what, what I'm seeing now. Like, at first, it's 
like honestly, I don't think any of us really honestly want, thought that we was going to be doing the whole wrestling part of this like we yeah. have been, and it's just something that kind of really just happened and kind of just fell. It just like, all kind of just fell into place. That's together, how it works, you know, bro. And, it's just, it's meant to be. and it was just yeah. like you yeah, know, yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Everything just felt so natural and just flowed and like. It was the first time. The first time we set up at a DCCW show. Yeah, yeah. We did. I not think that was Summer Shakedown. One, Summer Shakedown. we did not have one problem setting up with anything. We was, and then we was all like, "That just seems weird." We we're just waiting it for that one area. moment. You yeah. know, like, when yep. you have some kind she of technical difficulty. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been there. Yep. We were waiting for it. It never happened, and we yeah. were like, and that after the show, the we road. just we had a good feeling. We were like, man, it was like that. That felt good. Was yeah. Like, you know. Yep. Yep. No, I totally get it. And trust me, like the the uh, the fumbling's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. it, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's all oh, in how yeah. you respond to it, right? Yeah. Like it's all in the attitude that you take when it happens. Cause like that's happened to me before. Like I was at uh, and, and of course I'll, I'll pop it real quick. Heroes and Legends. You guys know that Heroes and Legends. We just had them a a couple weeks ago. Well, I got a chance to do commentary for them back in 2019 back in October 2019 just starting out still like wet behind the ears and whatnot and I got a chance to interview guys like Mr. Kennedy um Molly Holly um uh Buff Bagwell and and it was it was awesome but like the thing is is that we were there for the fan fest and then we was also there to do commentary for the wrestling show that night too so we had to tear down everything and take it from the fan fest side and move everything ringside yeah. to to um to where the ring was going to be at to where all the action was going to be at and so like it's five minutes before the show's about to start we're about to go on air and i i don't have any sound running i got no sound <laughs> and i'm like okay why is the sound not going so <laughs> so literally i i mean i i had every opportunity to fold in that moment but literally like 30 seconds into the show. And we made up for it really well, but it was 30 seconds into the show. Finally got sound going and we was able to to get things rolling. But me telling you that, just telling you that story is to say that it's all in how you respond when shit fucks up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all in how you respond to it. So there's going to be trial and error and you guys are going to do stuff, you know, trial by error and whatnot. But it's all in how you respond to it and how badly that you want it. And I can tell that you guys want it bad enough. And I wanted it bad as hell because here I am moving into year three. And I can't believe the shit that's happening for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's crazy. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had done a whole interview with a dude from California. Okay. Three hour. We had a three hour conversation with him. Shout out Ice Cold. Ice, Ice Malik yeah, Coleman. Malik Coleman. Okay. We got all got done with the interview. <laughs> went to listen to it. The sound was messed up. Oh, <laughs> pain, bro. <laughs> dude, dude, we, pain. Sounded, we sounded like ro- we sounded like robots. He sounded fine, but we it yeah. was We sit here and talk so we, to this dude for three hours, man. Had man. the greatest conversation, bro. It, 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 and none of it was recorded. It so was that all, sucks, so man. we it so we called up. him right back and yeah. we, we done it again two days later and it went it went great. But that's it, good. But it was that's just good. like, man. It can happen. It can happen, man. You think it, everything's running smooth and something? You never know. It, you, you never you, know. Dealing with technology, you never know. Yep. So yep. Uh, oh, go ahead, Steve. So, like, where can we find Hollywood House, man? Like, so who's who's some of the people right now that Hollywood House is managing, and what's some of his like? What's some of your best shows, or like one of the best matches you've ever managed, or some something where you've got the crowd pretty going? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Going against you. Yeah. No, man, so. 
it's hard to pinpoint really one moment because every time I go out there, I'm like trying <laughs> to just be the biggest asshole I could possibly be. Oh, yeah. But but like, I gotta say that the weekend that we were doing uh. That we were doing the last DCCW show with Rikishi and them, Harvest Havoc 3. And the day before that, I was in Trafalgar, Indiana, over there at Emerge. Shout out to Emerge Wrestling. Go check them out. Follow them. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, at Emerge Wrestling. Um, you can pretty much catch me there on a monthly basis at this point. Um, but I, I, uh, I didn't tell the promoter what I was doing. I had my talk show segment. So, you know, like Miz TV mm-hmm. or like Piper's Pit right. or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I got mine and it's Hollywood's Talk of Fame. So it's just me basically moving stories along and keeping things interesting because, like, you want to break it up sometimes because in indie wrestling, like, there's not a whole lot of stories in indie wrestling. Right. Like, if you go to an indie show, it's just guys putting on fantastic matches, but then I can never really, like, everybody wants to give everything five stars nowadays, but I can't ever really give anything, f- like, a full five stars unless there's, like, a, a good story attached to it. Like, I want to yeah. care. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I love to see that breakneck speed uh, AEW-style, cruiserweight-style action, and it's awesome, but, like, when there's no psychology or no rhythm or reason for it, like, I can never give it five stars. Right. So I like to be the guy that breaks things up and tells stories. So this weekend, it was my... Or that weekend in Trafalgar, it was my task to to interview a guy named Jordan Cage who was turning babyface, going full babyface. So I was like, okay, I want to... I want to continue to cement the fact that I'm a heel, but I also want to get him more over as a baby face because I'm going to be talking mess to him. You know what I mean? So what I did was is my wife went out and she got what I needed her to get. And I'll tell you in a second what it is. And she got me a bag because I I needed it to be hidden. And the bag said, spread kindness. And I was like, what the hell did you give me a bag called spread kindness for? Like I'm a I'm a heel. I don't want to spread kindness. But so so I ran with it though. So when I was posting about it and like cutting promos about it, I was like, your director is going to spread a much needed message of kindness <laughs> to the fans of Emerge. So it was just like taking what you got and running with it, right? Yeah. So when I got there for the segment and I and I decided, okay, it's time for me to let let what I got in the bag out of the bag. So I was like, I'm about to spread you guys a much needed, a very much needed message of kindness. So when I open up the bag, I start throwing little like travel size packs of deodorant at the crowd. I've seen that. Did you see that one? Yeah, I started throwing. That was great. It was just because I'm like, I want to do things to let these people know that I'm not fucking with them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like y'all. I don't want y'all to like me. So that that was one thing. But, of course, like, the opening for Harvest Havoc 3, like, the opening segment when I came out, and you guys were killer on commentary, by the way. Like, I was, I was happy with it. Like, when I came out there with like the garlic necklace and like the uh, the holy the little holy water oh, yeah. thing and stuff like that, like I was super proud of that because I kept the crowd engaged for was like I think I was on the mic for like 
five, seven minutes just yeah, having to engage these mm-hmm. people. And I kept them engaged. I had them yeah. booing me, you suck, you suck, you sucker. What, what, what? And to me, if you can keep the crowd engaged and keep them interested, then you're doing a pretty good job, right? Yeah. So I was really proud of that, of, of that promo at the opening of Harvest Havoc 3. Really, really let me know that I was hitting the stride and that I'm continuing to move in the right direction as far as the role that I'm playing. Like uh, when you said uh, about us on commentary, I think the, you know, the reason that it's been kind of easy for us to like do it is because you guys have been so good at what you right. guys are doing. Yeah, exactly. that yeah. It's easy for us to just like see what's just, going yeah, on, just yeah. to flow with it. And yep. you're like, yeah, I'm, I mean, well, we're the, just the fans. way, yeah, and, and we're, we're fans, fans and we're just, well, so we're just saying what hypes us up. Yeah, too, no like, doubt, no we're just doubt. Saying whatever pops up at our. What comes in our head? No, and I like it. it. I, I dig yeah. it because, like, you guys on commentary, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's definitely a place for, like, the um, Vince McMahon being in your ear and telling you what to say. Obviously, mm-hmm. you see that on WWE. But, like, bro, like, I like that raw, real, authentic type. You know, like, it makes the when, – when you guys are on commentary, it makes it seem more like – What's going on is real because right. you guys are talking real. Yep. You guys aren't talking like commentators exactly. Like, I, like I'm sure there's going to be times where you guys are talking more, I guess, proper or whatever that a, that a commentator would. But the fact that you guys are real and the way you guys speak about it, I think it adds to the show. Like when I go back and watch the videos, like the ones going on right here, I'm like, damn, that's like, it's good. It's good commentary because you guys seem, seem genuinely excited about what's going on. And that's, Part of commentary right there. Some shit you're not seeing on the WWE main shows really right now. And, and except except for Pat McAfee, who's fucking awesome. Yeah. Dude's yeah. fucking dope yeah. as hell. Chris I mean, loves Pat it. McAfee, dude. Oh, he's great. Listen, and, that, and that's y'all. Been, that's been, y'all that, that, you know, we feed off of you guys. I mean, if if y'all wasn't good at y'all's job, if y'all was out there, you, you know, ass at y'all's yeah, job. Yeah, you guys be commentary falling like, asleep. Yeah. 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 Right. You're like, oh, okay, right. well, this dude's doing a move, you know. Right. All right, you know, now y'all hype it up and y'all are good at what y'all do, and it just, it's easy to feed off of y'all's energy and the, and what's going on because it's, it's always been a great show. Yeah. And, you know, it's full of energy. You can feel the crowd, like, whenever there was chanting for you and all that. Like, yep. you can feel them. And I was up there on that ladder, like, feel, like it was like I had a, a different view. Than yeah, yeah, no else. doubt, so no like, doubt. You can Bird's see everybody's, like, almost. hands and, you know, like, going nuts from all these different angles. It was, you could feel it definitely. Good. I, that's what I wanted. Like, any time that I want to be a part of any show, like, because I've been to, like, seriously, I've been to some shows as a fan where, like, everybody's sitting on their hands. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never really understood that. Like, even when I, like, went to the WWE shows, like, when I went to Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that, and I would take, like, my kids, I'd be, like, it'd almost be embarrassing that I'd be the most excited one there. Because you look around and ain't nobody, like, every you see everybody playing on their phone and, and, you know, looking around. And, like, you can tell that a lot of these people are parents who brought their kids. And they don't care about what's going on. But no, like when I go to a wrestling event, because I've loved this ever since I was knee high to a grasshopper. When I go there, it's genuine excitement every single time, every single time. So it's like it's disappointing to look around and see nobody else excited. So when I became a part of the professional wrestling business, I made it a point that anything that I'm involved in, I'm going to try to get the fans off their phones and paying attention to what I'm doing because that's what I want. Like, if you're going to sit there and waste your, you know, 
spend the energy and the money to go enjoy it, like yeah. engage and inter- interact. Like, yeah. Then it's a better experience for every person involved. Exactly. <laughs> you know? like, exactly. That's why everything seems so fresh when crowds started becoming welcome again in pro wrestling after the whole pandemic. I mean, they kind of, I mean, it got exhausted again. I mean, it was, it was bound to happen, but yo, that first week or two was crazy. You know, it was almost like people was going to wrestling shows for the first time again. And that's exactly what we got at the DCCW Harvest Havoc show. We got a really good crowd because they are absolutely part of that. Like they're absolutely part of what we're doing. Like don't, nobody can't ever say that the fans don't, make any wrestling company because they do. They spend their hard-earned money. I don't care if it's only about $10, 12 or $15. They're spending their money. They're spending their time to come and see what silly shit we're doing over there at DCCW. Yep. So, like, if we're going to... If they're going to spend their money and their time to invest in what we're doing, damn it, we need to give them a good-ass show. And right. that's what I'm dedicated to every single time. Mm-hmm. And it's a fan's job to, like, respect what the, what the talent is doing. And, yeah. You know, and... Also, you know, and it helps, like, the talent. I mean, I'm sure you guys, whenever you're in the ring, if you're sitting out there and people, like you said, are just sitting there like this, it brings the whole energy of everything down, you know? It's like, Make me feel like I'm not doing my job right. right. You know what I mean? Like, I want your attention. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's, like, there's no reason for me between be between those ropes, especially not as a wrestler, especially, especially for me, that puts double the pressure on me to be entertaining because I'm not wrestling. So everything that I do has to pop. Every single thing that I do has to make sense. Every single thing that I do has to be entertaining as shit as, as as if I'm never doing it again, because I'm not, I'm not doing anything from bell to bell as a wrestler. Everything that I do is to develop stories, enhance talent and, and, keep the fans engaged and entertained right now. It just involves me being a heel. I'm having the best run I've ever had as a heel. And if you guys knew me, like knew who I am as a person, you would have never fucking imagined that shit (laughs) ever, bro. Ever. Because everybody's like con being a bad guy. He's so nice. He's such a nice guy. Well, that's why I'm so good at being a fucking asshole because I'm nice all the time. So this is a chance to let my bitchiness out. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Like, and I had to ask this uh, to Mike yesterday, too, like, doing the commentary, obviously, to try to mix it up, you can't just, oh, yeah, everyone's great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Thing. So, like, to me, trying to find that place where naturally you, you don't want to be the asshole. You yeah, know? yeah. So, to, to kind of, you know, let that asshole part out of you, you know, live in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's where did, How do you find that, like? How do you flip that switch? That's a really, really good question. Like, and and I sit up there and I think about that sometimes, but also at the same time, like, I'm from I'm from LA, man. Like, mm-hmm. and when I and when I say that, I say that for a reason. I say that because that's that is that's a place where everybody's out there and they're going out there to act. They want to be actors. They want to be so obviously. Like, I was around the entertainment industry for a long, long time. Like my brother is uh, my, in his, in his heyday, he was an actor and a film director, which that's the whole inspire. Like my whole, 
like the whole director character mm. is inspired from my brother. I was just getting ready to yep. ask you about it's that. It's inspired, <laughs> inspired by my brother. He gave me the idea for the director, mm. and now I've been doing it, and I've been successful with it because he was a film director. And then, like, I have people in the music industry in my family. Like, um, I don't know if you ever heard the song California Love, you know, yeah. uh, Dr. Dre and, yeah. and Tupac. I, obviously, I mean, it's a pretty popular song. Yeah. Well, the guy who says California Love, his name's Roger Troutman. And he's from a band called Roger and Zap, and that's my family. Oh, I'm nice. related, like I'm. I, that's my cousin. That's so cool. like I've been around the entertainment industry for so long that when I made the transition into wrestling, it was almost natural. Right. You know what I mean? So like to answer your question, for me to flip that switch is the understanding that. I'm playing a role. Mm -hmm. This is a role that I'm playing. Like I have, like I go out there and be an asshole, but now we're in 2021 where I want to say like 95, at least I hope 95% of people realize that wrestling is a work. It's a show. Right. It's a, it's a staged choreographed storytelling type of situation. So I trust, except for people that, that I've worked with in the past that are very unprofessional. I expect people to know that when I'm out there being an asshole, mm -hmm. it's me playing a character. Right. So I have no problem. I, my mindset is this bro. Like I'm going out there knowing that I'm playing a character you guys know anytime I step through that curtain, I'm going out there and I'm playing a character. Those fans out there should understand that anytime I step through that curtain, right. I'm playing a character. So the 5% that don't understand <laughs> that I'm playing, that do not understand I'm playing a character, man, I ain't worried about you, bro. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that is your, that is your lack of comprehension of the business. <laughs> and I'm not going to be apologetic or, or slow myself down as a performer because you don't get it. Right. You know what I mean? I know what I'm doing. And most of the people who get wrestling know what I'm doing. So it doesn't need to be explained to somebody that don't get it or don't want to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, professional wrestling has been missing basically what you do. There's no, you don't, you don't have the managers in pro wrestling like you used to. You mentioned the great ones like Heenan, yeah. Cornette, them guys. Now you have Paul Heyman. Yep. But other than Paul Heyman, you, you don't have no good Hill managers at all, really. Right. I think that's something wrestling's yeah. been missing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you think of guys like, I mean, you think of guys like currently there, there's, you know, uh, Paul Heyman, you know, and he, and but see, that's why, and Paul Heyman's great. Like, definitely a big inspiration to my career. Like, back in the day, like old Polly, Polly Dangerously, when he wore the mm -hmm. hat, he's yeah. the reason I wear the hat. Yeah. He gave me the idea to wear the hat. So it's like taking little things from greats, and mixing it all together, because I get, like, I get a lot of Jimmy Hart. Like, that's what people tell me the most is that, oh, you remind me of Jimmy Hart. You're like a black Jimmy Hart, this and that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I take that as a big, big compliment, because I study Jimmy. I study Bobby. You know what I mean? I, I, I study all those guys just to try to, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, just to get di Paul, Paul Bear, just to get different feels on uh, on what I want to do and who I want to be as a manager, because like you said, man, like this is something that not a lot of people are doing right now. And that's why Paul Heyman sticks out so much because he's cornered a market in the mainstream professional wrestling business that nobody else is willing to do because egos, everybody wants to be in the ring, everybody, but nobody wants to be that on screen character that plays the coward. 
because everybody wants to be a tough guy. And yeah. managers play a big part in the, right. everybody in the show. wants to be the I mean, hero. Yep, I, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that they need more of. And I, but what I've uh, been noticing, I think more so in the independent scene with like a manager such like yourself and all that. Sometimes you know when in between things, or if you have a match that don't hit so much. Sometimes it can get stale really quick, and yeah. then the whole rest of the uh, you know the mood changes in the whole building. Yeah, and then somebody like you comes out, and you just add that next dimension into it. Yeah, that just interacts with the crowd, gets them, keeps them hyped throughout the time. You yep. know, and like I said I I love that aspect of of wrestling, like the old school guys, like all the greats that we you've already mentioned. Yeah, and yeah, I think more people should bring that back and like. That's what I'm like. That's really what I'm trying to do. Like, I really want to bring. You should back. start a manager school. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate. I got. I think I got to do some more things in order to right. to, to to like have that sort. Of, but that is something that I would like to do. Is like once I've developed myself to a point of more credibility. Like mm-hmm. I think like, and I love it. I love it when like the the younger kids come up to me and ask me questions. Hey, did you watch my match? Or hey, what do you think about this character? That makes me feel. So fucking good to know that they care about my opinion and, and you know, that they would come to me and ask, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think I can do better as a character? Because that makes me feel good because the director was just an idea that I had in my brain. And then to see it formulate and to see what the director has become now, like there's people like literally lobbying for me at this point to share the ring with Jimmy Hart. Because they see that comparison, yeah. and like I want that, like that's uh, that's one of the bucket list things that I want to so do. That'd be awesome. Yeah, to to be me, be in the same ring as Jimmy Hart, and us either be on the same side or us talking mess to each other. I, like, oh, I appreciate yeah, you, bro. Dream, bro. Thank you, man. No, I know no. I talk a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, but no, like that's what I want. So. I want to bring that storytelling aspect that that get the crowd involved because I think that's something that's really lost in the indies more specifically. You don't really see like big indie like who's I can't even think who's the biggest independent professional wrestling manager out right now. I can't Hollywood House. There yep. you go. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. That's, a, like, that's the only answer. <laughs> like, but there's really nobody. Like, yeah. there's really nobody. So, like, that's a whole untapped market right now. And I see it, and I saw it. And when people ask me, hey, how come you don't wrestle? How come you don't want to wrestle? My answer to that is this. Because I run my mouth a lot. I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. So, one... I, it's almost like it, 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 it's, it's all part of pro wrestling. It's all part of storytelling, not just in wrestling, but just in like movies in, in general and stuff like that. Right. Like the bad guy is talking shit, talking shit, talking shit. You're ready for this guy to get his comeuppance. You're ready for it. And it doesn't happen. It might be a three hour movie mm-hmm. and you don't see this dude get his ass beat or get killed or something like that until the very end of the movie. But damn, it felt good to see it finally happen. Right. <laughs> if I'm in there wrestling in the ring and, and talking shit, then boom, like every single time I, I I'm in a match or somebody puts their hands on me, it don't mean as much anymore. It means right. more when I talk shit and don't get beat up. 
Because when I do get beat up, it means a lot. Everybody wants to see it, and it pops the crowd, just like what happened with Rikishi. Everybody was ready for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, There's yeah. a lot of building up. All yeah. The, all, the, all the people okay. in Trafalgar were loving that. Yeah. Man, <laughs> yeah. They watched that. It was like, yeah. They were putting their DL yeah, you know, they was like, here, yeah, now you need this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What, what was it like getting Steve Face from Rikishi, man? You know what? <laughs> you know what? I... I I, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because honestly, I was like waiting for him. And this, this is weird. Cause this is weird saying this, but I was like, damn, I'm ready for this dude to pull his pants down. Like I thought he was going, I, I thought that that was coming. Bro. I thought that was coming. So the fact that he yeah, kept got, his pants up, lucky I got lucky. lucky. <laughs> I got lucky. So the, so the Samoan ass odor only lasted for about a week, but if he would have pulled his pants down, it probably would have been about a month. <laughs> but, but no, it was, you know what? It was so good for me to be able to be on the other side of that because like having moments like that with like a WWE hall of famer, right. it means something like Dang. it. Like if you can, that's the one thing that I would like tell some of these guys is like, stop with the egos. Like, Sometimes, sometimes you got to you. You're not gonna be the hero every <laughs> single time. You're not right. gonna be the badass or the tough ass every single time. The reason, bro, the reason why that I'm so confident playing the character that I play, which is a a, a shit talking big mouth coward, is because I know in my heart of hearts I ain't no coward. Right. I'm not a coward. I'm playing the role of a coward, and because I'm confident and I'm not insecure about my masculinity or insecure about my ego or anything. I have no problem playing that role because I know that I'm a man. You know what I mean? I take care of my family. I go to work. I work a shoot job six days a week. And if anybody hopping on my property, they're going to get some smoke. You know what I mean? They're going to get some smoke. I am not a coward. So I have no problem playing the role of a coward because it's something that's sorely missing in independent professional wrestling. And I want to keep things interesting and keep people coming back and always have them thinking, what's Hollywood House going to do next? You know what I mean? They need Hollywood House, man. That's he, what that's what keeps, I'm hoping. It keeps the I feel like your role, man, and 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 independent wrestling is too important because it keeps in independent wrestling you don't have show after show to keep a storyline together. Right. So you're right. the guy that keep you're like the glue of a show. I, right. Man, that's thank you so much for saying that because that's what I try to be. Like that's why you guys will see me like posting promos and stuff on the internet between shows because I'm trying to keep the fans engaged in what's going on, exactly. whether it be DCCW or whether it be a merge or any other promotion that would that I would be lucky enough to want my services. You know what I mean? I feel like that that is what I offer to any promotion is somebody that is going to keep the glue together, keep the fabric of a promotion together by good storytelling and being a high character person in the locker room. Somebody that you can always come to without judgment of, Hey man, you know, what do you think of this? I'm not going to be like, Oh, that was complete and utter shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm going to come to him. I'm going to be like, Hey, you know, this is what you could have done better. You know, I'm not sure if you realize that you could have done this, but you could have done, you did a B and C, when really you was doing too much, all you really had to do was just A. And you still would have got the same reaction from the crowd that you did doing A, B, and C. But it's just about working smart, right? Like, you got to work smart. So I feel like what I do is important because I see the landscape of professional wrestling differently than that of a wrestler who only has that 
tunnel vision. They're right. looking at that next show. They're looking at that next match. Looking, but me, I see wrestling from a landscape, from like a bird's eye view right. to where I see bigger picture type shit. And that's why people in the professional wrestling business fuck with me because like with Sam, for example, me and him are super tight. I, I edit all his promos. You know what I mean? He, he does all the talking. He's good at talking. He's a good talker. He don't even really need a manager, honestly. But I edit all his promos. Like, I keep things going with telling stories and just playing that director role on the internet because that's something that he was missing from his character. Somebody that could... is, is, is he's, he's a wrestler's wrestler. But sometimes, like, telling those stories and whatnot, it gets a little bit shaky because like you're doing two or three different promotions in a weekend. So like keeping those stories together can be hard when you're going to all these different places and you're having to keep up with everything. See, that's why I keep my bookings limited. So that way I can have a better grasp on what I'm doing and the stories that I'm telling. And that's why what I do works. You know what I mean? We have a, a man that left a comment. Okay. That, uh, you might recognize the name. His name is uh, the ladies' man, Mike King. Oh, no, this guy. He, he put a, a comment that says, uh, you, you still got a little brown on your nose. Uh, man, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. You know, I've got, I've got a very, like, like I, I know I didn't see it, but, uh, you know, I've got, <laughs> I, I, I got a very unique scrub going on right now. Like, I'm using a, a, a facial scrub that I got straight from L.A., came straight, had it imported out there to get this smell off. It's still getting off. So, Mikey, shut up. <laughs> and then we had uh, for me. Mikey. J- boy. Jason Corthus. He put the director keeps the scene going. Cool, cool. Huh. That's what I try to do. I try to, keep, I try to keep all of it going, man. And, like, it's... It's a task because, like, sometimes sometimes I don't feel like people get what I'm trying to do because it's, it is it is so different, like, especially in indie wrestling. But, like, if you really think about it, if you really look up the history of professional wrestling, like, what I'm doing is really not reinventing the wheel. Like, uh, like, it's, like I'm just doing it in a way where it complements the current landscape of society in 2021. So I'm able to cut promos and put them on the internet or be topical. And that that's really what, what gets me going is just being topical and toting that line because I look at professional wrestling as an art form. You know what I mean? And art sometimes imitates life. So sometimes I'll say things that are a little topical. That's maybe a little bit edgy, but like, I want people to be like, Ooh, did he say that? Can, can he say that? Like, I want people to have that feeling. So like, sometimes I feel like what I do gets kind of misunderstood, but it's always for the good of pro wrestling. Always a hundred percent of the time. Uh, we had a guy in the, in the comment section use the F word. So what, what do you say to people who uses the F word about, about professional wrestling? Uneducated. Like, and I don't mean that even to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, when you use the word fake, like, I, here's how I always equate it to. Here's Because this is a conversation I've had a lot. So I'm glad it came up, honestly. I'm glad it did. It's like, you call it fake, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. Like I said, my opinion is uneducated because it's staged. It's a show. Just like any, I, what I would ask that person is, what's your favorite movie, bro? 
Tell me what your favorite movie is. I know you know what you might not even be watching anymore because it's the fake wrestling shit that that you don't want to hear about or want to see. But whatever your favorite movie is, bro, is fake. All right, it's not real. It's not something that actually happened. Yep. Wrestling isn't something that actually that that is actually happening. It is a story that we are telling. So it's not fake. It's staged. It's choreographed. It's all within the confines of a story. Like I like. You go to a play, you know, like, let's say you go to, I don't know, first thing that comes to my mind is Romeo and Juliet. Right. You go to Romeo and Juliet, like, you know this shit ain't really happening. Mm -hmm. You know that you know that they did just not feed poison to each other and then commit suicide by, <laughs> by committing poison because right. he because he was so dedicated to wanting to, to shack up with a 13-year-old girl. Right. That's the real story of Romeo and Juliet. That's oh, the yeah. actual real story. It's really but jacked up story. It really is. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is, is that when you go to that play, you realize that play is not real. Yeah. And even though some of these guys in the locker room, some of these wrestlers don't want to admit it, Listen, you guys are, in fact, athletes. You guys do put your body on the line for our entertainment. And I still say us because I'm still a fan. Even though I'm involved, I'll never stop being a fan. But they never want to admit that this is just that. It's a show. It's a play. It's acting. Like, you get you get around the wrong guys, some old school cats, they don't like hearing that shit. It's a, to me, it's athletic acting. It is. I mean, it's, it is. The and bumps, the flying, the athleticism, yep. the hurt, the pain, all that's real. Yep. The, the rest of the part scripted, it's just, yeah, just staged. Yep. You know, I mean, but the physicality of it's 100% real. Honestly, you, know, like, you can watch professional sports, and if you and a lot of times that if you watch the referees and shit, it seems like it's staged. Yep. Right. So, yep. I mean, how many times yep. the NFL or NBA seem like it's a... Oh. The oh, man. Been rigged. Well, look, exactly. Well, look at the baseball, exactly. look, game. baseball game last yeah. night. They called exactly. that check swing a strike. I, 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 that saw, was, that. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. But that's the whole... But see, that's the whole thing right there, man, is that we need to switch up our mindset as far as how we look at professional wrestling because, like, it's been... How long has it been that people have realized that this is a show? It's got to have been at least 15, 20 years, maybe even more than that. And, and and some people caught on a little bit late, and that's okay. You know what I mean? If you don't pay attention, you don't pay attention. But the fact of the matter is we've known for a while that it's not real, that this is that this is a stage show. So when are we going to get over that hump and, and, and get over it and say, hey, we understand that this is a show, so we're going to stop chopping it down just because we can't mentally get over that thought that this is not a real show. You understand that it's not real. You've understood it for like the last 20 years. So let's move past that and appreciate it for what it is. You know what I mean? Exactly. We had a good comment by uh, mm -hmm. Adam Grandview. Okay. I probably, I, I probably butchered your name. Sorry, Adam. But he was like, you know, if online gaming is a sport, so is wrestling. I mean, <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, esports. Yeah, you got esports. Like, and and people push back against that too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think that now esports is you're seeing it more now, especially like during the pandemic and stuff like that. But like, yeah, that's a really good example. As a matter of fact, is that people are having issues looking at that as a sport. So if, if there's people that like, don't ever come to my face saying that 
esports is a legitimate sport, but professional wrestling isn't. Because I'm just gonna laugh right in your face. <laughs> I'm, I just am, and and I, I say that as somebody that appreciates a good video game. I do. I love games. Yeah. I'm, a, oh, I'm, a, yeah. you know what I mean. I, I, I would consider myself, especially before kids, I was a big time gamer. But there's no way that that's a sport over professional wrestling because because professional wrestling is so much time dedicated, so much late like late nights in the ring and I'm not speaking for myself I'm speaking for any of these wrestlers watching right now and any of these young cats that's wanting to aspire to be a professional wrestler is that you got to put in the time you got to make sure that you are dedicated make sure that this is what you want to do because you're going to miss a lot of shit for this professional wrestling and there's people that love it and there's people that only kind of love it and those are the guys that you only see at two or three different promotions that's 40 miles from their house because they don't want it bad enough. The real ones will go four or five hour trips for wrestling. The real ones will go to a show without pay and, and, and a hot dog and a damn handshake, which that needs to be eliminated. All the, all these kids should be paid. If they're putting their body on the line in the ring, you should be getting at least, at least 20 to 30 bucks. But the fact of the matter is if you're spending that dedication and taking that time, there is no way that I can see Professional wrestling, less of a sport than esports. Hold on a second. You just said that some guys wrestle for basically a hot dog and a handshake. Yes. Wow. Yeah, you would be. So, I knew they didn't make a lot, like a lot, but yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Yep. I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but I said what I said, and <laughs> and you know, and like it needs to be, it needs to be eliminated. Like these kids, like yeah. if the, like. You're mm -hmm. like you're getting in that ring for a ten to fifteen minute match, and you don't even know if that's gonna be your last match because you might land wrong, or you might break your leg, or you might break your neck. Yeah. And you're doing it. You're giving them a fucking hot dog and telling them, "Hey, we might bring you back." No, bro. Oh. Get that young cat some money. Give him some money because he just put his body on the line to pop your crowd. At least. It him take a gas or something. Something. So at least fill the kids gas tank up. Like for real, we need to get out of here with that hot dog and a handshake BS. I'm not with it. I'm not with that, it. I, I did. I knew they didn't make a whole lot of money, but I didn't realize it was like that. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's very old school like mindset that I would love to see get eliminated in the coming years as far as the backstage shit of professional wrestling. And anybody and anybody who don't like what I'm saying, any promoters who don't like what I'm saying. Sorry, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sorry, I exposed you. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they do. They they play these young cats. I've been on the other side of that, too, as far as getting played by promoters or having to drive two or three hours and tell me that I'm booked. And then I get there. I got kids, bro. Like, I got kids. Like, and then I, I drive three hours just for you to be like, oh, well, I really don't have a spot for you. But at least you get to enjoy a free wrestling show. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, bro, like, come on, big dog. Like, no, I like, like, I did not come here three hours to watch a wrestling show. I came here to have an opportunity. You know what I mean? I came here to take advantage of an opportunity that you for that you were telling me that you were forwarding me, and and then I go there and then you got nothing for me. But that's okay because things like that added fuel to my fire and things like that mm -hmm. is what really contributed to seeing the fucking asshole that you see now in Hollywood House. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up. Every single time things don't go on my don't go the way that I wanted to, mm -hmm. 
I don't I, I don't go home and cry about it or hop on Facebook or hop on Twitter and cry about shit that happened to me. Like like you see a lot of these young cats do. Yeah, I came for the I came for the older cats too, and now I'm coming for the young cats too. They hop on <laughs> hop on social media and cry all the doggone time. I'm just gonna take it as a lesson and make sure that I'm never playing the fool again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How'd you uh is DCCW, is that where you got your start as a manager at? Or? Yes. Yes, that's where I got uh, my start as a manager. What, Absolutely. What other organizations do you uh, do you make appearances at? And uh, how did you get started with DCCW? That's a great question. Um, once again, I started similar to, very similar to what you guys do. You know what I mean? I, I started out as a podcast because I just, I've always loved this. Like, no matter what's happened to me in my life, no matter what trials and tribulations I've faced as as a as a young man, a teenager, as a growing, budding adult in my twenties, like no matter what, wrestling was always there mm-hmm. to, you know, keep me going and to give me that window away from my problems. You know what I mean? So like for me to be able to talk about wrestling and start the podcast, like for me, it was kind of like blowing off steam because, like, I would bitch about wrestling all the time, especially WWE. And I try not to be one of those guys that are on podcasts that just sit up there and bash WWE all the time because you hear too many of those podcasts and they're not different and they're not good. So if I don't like it, I just don't talk about it uh, for the most part, unless it's just so bad I have to talk about it. <laughs> but, 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 like, no, like... I just started doing the the commentary thing, and it was really that. Like I said, shout out to shout out to Mike King, Jerry Bird, gave me my first chance before anybody knew what I was doing, before anybody was messing with me, before anybody gave me any sort of opportunity. It was Mikey, bro. He said he said it was. I remember because the first show that I did, he had Tatanka booked. That was the main attraction for the show. It was really during. Um, during a time where DCCW... That was at Mad Jacks. Yep, that was at Mad Jacks. I was, yep. at, I was at that he show. He was at that show? Yeah, it was really during the time where we were changing directions from the DCCW that was back then and changing into the DCCW that you see now, which has been a good 180 turn with all the young talent and good mix of veteran talent that we got. But... Bro, as I was like you guys. I was just winging it. I didn't know where any of the outlets were at. I didn't know where I was doing commentary at. I thought that Mikey was going to let me know all that stuff when he got there. But because he was busy with Tatanka and having, because, you know, having those high-profile guys for any promoter is time-consuming because you have to engage them and keep them, you know, Pretty much, you, you got to coddle them all the time, you know, because they, they, they like, these guys are freaking guys that have been in WWE, you know what I mean, and, and, and TNA and stuff like that. So they're used to big time treatment, the best possible treatment. So when they get these indie bookings, they expect the same thing. They, they expect to be treated and, and, like, have the red carpet rolled out for him. So that's what promoters got to do. So since he had to give that treatment to Tatanka, which I, I had no issue with, me and my partners, we was winging it on our own having to figure things out. And like you guys did, we figured it out, and it ended up going smooth. But so we ended up doing shows, like, for DCCW, and I would live stream. Because here's, here's the thing. Like, in wrestling, like, for the longest time, the main attention would go to the people in the ring. But what I would do that would be off-putting to people is that anytime I'm on commentary, I'm like live. I'm not live streaming the match. I'm live streaming myself doing commentary because mm-hmm. I want people to see me doing commentary. You know what I mean? So like, 
I realized that that after a while that that's not the best way to do it. But I was trying to put myself out there, so. It worked, though, even though it wasn't the right way to go about it, putting so much attention on myself. But it worked, though, because other promotions started taking notice to what I was doing, and it started creating opportunities to where I could do commentary at other places. Now, as far as managing going, my first spot I ever did with was at DCCW because Mikey has given me that creative freedom and that wiggle room to see what works and what doesn't work for my character. So when I became a manager, I was like, okay, it might not work, but I've wanted to be a professional wrestling manager since I was a kid. So even if it doesn't work out this time, at least I can say I did it and nobody can ever take that away from me. You know what I mean? It just so happened to work out really, really well because I gotten so comfortable with the role that people just like to see the ain't shit things that I do. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, right now I'm doing it to, to ultimately answer your question. I'm doing it in DCCW. I'm doing it in Emerge. I've done it at AWR, a deathmatch company out there in Indianapolis. Check them out. They got a really cool ladies deathmatch tournament that's going to be coming up in the next week or so. Um, I'm about to check that out. It's it's oh yeah, and I just watched that Moxley and uh, Gage match. Oh, yeah, dude, like dude, if you're a fan of death matches and and uh man, Gary better love me for this. Gary, shout out to Gary Emmett. He's the promoter for AWR. Um, like if you like death match shit, like AWR in Indianapolis is really the place to go. Like it's really the spot. Like, cause I got a chance to go there for their September show, and it was the first time that I would I had ever been there, and like, I'll say this: like the death match vibe ain't really my vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I like I don't like not to say that I hate them. I don't hate them, but I just don't go out of my way to watch death matches. But I can acknowledge that they're hot right now. Like that's a that's a hot that's a hot thing going on right now is death matches. That's why you see AEW having death matches or you see GCW having death matches, and you're seeing it more in the indies now too. So because that's a hot button thing, I think like. You guys kind of see it. My role is more like almost like 80s, 90s professional wrestling manager. So it doesn't quite vibe with the deathmatch feel. But that's not the fact. That's not to say that you guys should not go check out AWR. If you like that deathmatch vibe, go there and check that out. It's Asylum Wrestling Revolution in Indianapolis. They usually run in the Emerson. I think they run a couple of other different places too. But hey, just because you might not see your director there, I'm here for all of professional wrestling. So if you guys dig that vibe, Go and check out Asylum Wrestling Revolution in Indianapolis. Give them your time if you like death matches. Yeah, I'm. I've been getting into them. I'm one of those. I'm not. A I'm not. Guy. I'm not only going to. Yeah, do, me neither. I don't I'm only good. like watch them like here and there. Yeah, I can do them, but like, I can't do like all the time. Like, yeah, it, it gets a bit too much after that a while. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, match, but like man. every once in a while, I was like, like these dudes are crazy. Yeah, they're crazy, bro. They, they are freaking crazy. Well, have you, you ever heard of Nick did. Gage? Yeah, yeah that's, that's who we watched. Watch. That's, 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 that's Nick Gage and Moxley. Bro, okay, that, okay, yeah, yeah. bro. Yo, bro Ooh. straight nutty yeah. for real. Cologne. Nutty. I watched that Cologne, He was stabbing him in the head. Yes, man. What are we watching? Yes, man. Like, can you imagine, can you imagine being like an 11, 12 year old kid being a wrestling fan and then your mom walks in on you watching that shit? Like, <laughs> what the hell are you watching, boy? Like, what are you watching? And what was even crazy was like their interests when they come out. The fans are like right on top of them. They, yep. can, no they can barely get no to the ring. Yep. That yep. I do like. 
I mean, that was, that, that's that crazy. raw feel. It's that, that raw feel. feel you know what like, I mean? When, when, you, when the dude comes out and he's like, the whole crowd is just like on the dude. He can't even move. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. I want to be like that with my favorite wrestler. I want to be, what's up, boy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> being up there with them. Being up there. Like, like it makes you feel part of the show Definitely. when you get, like, that's why I am, like, generally, like, it, it depends on the promotion type. Like, I think generally, like, barricades are are fine but like at the dccw show like i was fine with there being like no barricades there because like it creates a sense that like i don't like to feel like i'm like even though in character i'm superior to the fan Mm -hmm. like i want them to have the best possible experience so i want to be able to go out and touch them or get face to face with them and be like hey fuck you buddy or something like that you know (laughs) that that, like i just feel like it makes the experience better like i've been to some very intimate shows to where the fans are actually able to watch the action at the apron of the ring like be right there so like like that's why it's hard for me to want to spend any money on going to a wwe show because you're really going there really for just sitting there and seeing it but like if you really want to get a good seat, you're going to spend at least a good five, seven hundred, probably a thousand dollars. Shoot, I just looked at tickets for the Royal Rumble and they're over in St. Louis and they're ridiculous. Like, I want to go to the Royal Rumble, but I'm like, uh, do I, like, I want to say that I went to a Royal Rumble because I never been to one, but then I don't want to be all up in the sky. Like, I want to yeah. be kind of close to the action, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like fighting with myself as far as what I want to do. But for me, the more intimate show, the better. You know what I mean? Like, I like that intis- that intimacy with the fans. So, uh, you got any, um, any fresh young talent or anybody out there new that you've been scouting or keeping your eye on that you can let us know about? I'm always looking at fresh young talent. Like, it's ridiculous because, like, when I started the podcast, like, all I would do is sit up there and watch Raw and SmackDown and because and, I'm trying to gain, like, what I'm going to talk about, like, content for the show. But nowadays, because my palette for professional wrestling has changed so much, and like mm-hmm. I feel like I because I've evolved as a lover of professional wrestling, that I see it differently now, and like it makes me want to do it differently. So instead of sitting over there watching hours and hours of of uh, AEW or WWE, like I'm watching a lot of like these young indie kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm spending a lot of time doing. So like yeah, there's definitely like maybe not kids that are definitely on, that are specifically on the director's radar as far as who I want to manage, but as far as kids who I can acknowledge that I can see the talents in them, like definitely right out of the gate, first for first foremost Dex Royal in, in the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. I mean they're super great young talents, and I just had I actually just had the highlight reel on my podcast in your house. That's H O W S C. Check it out on all major podcasting platforms. Yep. All go check it out. And, and if you guys have listened to in your house, make sure that you go from in your house and come back here too to the Gonzo sports room and Gonzo wrestling room. Yeah. They, you guys do a great job, Definitely but go check out his podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. But, but like, I just had them on the show, but like it's, it's great to work with these kids that are so coachable. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. when I, when I, like I said, I got Dex Royal. I say the highlight reel, um, Dalton love Dalton love is, I think somebody who has a, a high upside and, and super talented, uh, Zay Gates, 
Zay Gates is another young kid that I like. Um, Jay Beave, I like Jay Beave a lot. <laughs> think he's got a lot of. I like Jay Beave. Yeah, he. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think Jay Beave. Yeah, he got something. Yeah, man. he's definitely <laughs> definitely that, got I, something. Just tell him he needs to wear a polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> polo. yeah. It change your style, man, man. <laughs> See if he got with the he needs with the, the damn director, polo. he could change yeah. the style. There you go, change it up, fresh. switch it up, some, switch it up, some. He needs to look like he came straight off the golf course. Yes, man. Yes, man. Hey, speaking of speaking of golf, chubbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of golf courses, another young talent, the man under par, Dale Springs. Dale Springs is another great young talent. Just got a chance to, I've interviewed him before in your house, but I got a chance to meet him the first time at a merge. And he has a golfer gimmick, but the cat can like tangle with the best of them in the ring. And I like character work. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's a heel golfer. He's the man under par, but above you all. And it's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> nice. it's a great, it's a great gimmick. He comes out with like the quiet, like please. It. Like, like, and of course, anytime a heel comes out and is telling you to be quiet, the fans aren't going to be quiet. So it works. It gets a reaction. Um, uh, Man, there's so many names I could name. I'll try to keep it short, but like Cole Radrick is another guy who's tearing it up. Um, uh, uh, Brayden Lee, just recently seen on AEW Dark, super yeah. great. Um, uh, Paragon, Paragon, uh, he is a great young talent. I just recently started watching oh, yeah. a few of his matches. Brayden yeah. Lee, that ain't the Brayden Lee that wrestled, is it, Chris? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, uh, Brayden Lee, he was just on AEW Dark like a few weeks ago, and he's currently the uh, the Emerge Outbreak champion after he won it at the Outbreak Gate tournament a couple of months ago in North Vernon, and I was there for that with Sam. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of these young guys, man, are just, they're just blazing it up. As far as ones I want to work with, like, definitely Paragon is on that short list of guys that I want to work with as far as young cats go. I'd like to work more with Zay Gates because anytime – Zay Gates is it like comes around me. He's always asking questions and always like looking for advice and stuff like that. So I think I would be able to help him as a manager. You know, uh, Rachel Armstrong. Right? How do I, yes. how can I possibly forget Rachel Armstrong? Oh, like man, she's she, impressive. She's so good. Like, and here's the thing about here's the real scary thing about Rachel Armstrong. Though is that she ain't even really scratched the surface of how good she could even be. Like what? Yeah. Like what? Like even though people see her now. And like, see, like, like, oh my gosh, she's so awesome. She's great. Like, you guys don't even understand how unfinished she actually is. And I say that out of love because when she gets finished, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, like she's, she's only a few she's months in. Isn't I, she? Yeah, yeah. Like when she when, if she keeps it up and keeps at it, she's definitely gonna be talked about with like the Billy Starks of the world right now. Like Billy Starks is super blazing it up right now. If you guys haven't followed Billy Starks. Go follow her or the Hollywood or the Hollywood Haley J's like she'll be spoken about in the same breath as them. But definitely there's high, high upside and a high ceiling for Rachel Armstrong. No doubt. Yeah. She's got the look, man. Maybe maybe the yeah. the Hollywood stable needs a needs a, a woman. Hey, name. hey, first day, <laughs> hey, the first the lady, first, the first the lady, lady <laughs> who knows lady Hollywood. Rachel, call me. <laughs> <laughs> call me. I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, she's I I'm very impressed with her. Very impressed. Uh, she so much upside, so much. Some young yeah. guys that really impressed me are the highlight reel. I think they. Yeah. I think they. I, like, yeah. I think they could go real real far in. Oh yeah. Oh got, yeah. They got a lot of talent and. They do. They they really do. And it's like I told them when I talked to them on on my on my recent episode of In Your House. I told them like, hey, like. You guys have a very high ceiling. Not only the fact that they're killer in the ring, but it helps that they're twins too. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? That twin and magic. That twin magic. You know what I mean? Like, like there's always going to be a spot in wrestling for twins. And they seem like really good guys, too. Oh, That's yeah. Thing I like. They're yeah. Cool, cool They're dudes. cool cats. They're definitely cool cats. Yeah. But, like, I know, like, watching those guys and working as close with them as I've been blessed to given the opportunity to work close to them because, like, work, like they think that they're really getting rubbed for me, you know, they don't realize they're helping me out too. Right. You know what I mean? So like working with these young cats and working with these established talents, like it helps out me and helps my build as a, a brand as a manager as well. So like working with those guys has been super great and they can go as far as they, you know, they can go as far as they want to take it. And I think that their, their ceiling, honestly, if you want my opinion, their ceiling is wherever they want it to be. It's if they if they want it to be WWE, they can get there. If they want it to be AEW, I think they can get there. If they want it to be a smaller indie like Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling, they can get there. Yeah, I think there's the possibilities for them with their skill set, their 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 charisma, and their natural gift of being twins that is marketable in the professional wrestling business. They can go anywhere they want. Yep, just brothers in general. Dude. Oh yeah. I mean, but the twin thing just—that's a whole nother level. That's. I like seeing them and Dex together too, man. Oh I yeah, feel like they hit them two and then Dex have a really good chemistry together. Oh yeah, you know, like when oh, you yeah. see them together, it just looks right. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? no doubt. Like it's like so. I think they they should keep working together and keep that keep that grind going, man. Oh yeah, Dex, I, he's he's Dex is special. I know he's you, special. I know you got the podcast. You're doing the wrestling, man. What's your, what's your end game? Like where where what's your like dream scenario? Where you want to get get to go as a manager and? Yeah, yeah, like. So I feel like at this stage in my life and that like, that's a question I really don't get asked a lot. Like, I really think the only other person who's asked me that besides, besides you guys is Sam and, and, and Mikey. But I think for me at this point in my life, being in my thirties, being a father of three and working a, like a full time job that I don't look at as like just some bummy job. Like I look at it as a career like, I feel like that I got to be realistic with what I want to do and what I want out of this business. And so instead of it being one big goal, I think it's like a little small goals, like a lot of small goals, that is. And like one of those is one that we I think we talked a little bit about it earlier or maybe before the show. But like I want to get the rub from one of the most established professional wrestling managers in the history of professional wrestling that's living right now. And that's Jimmy Hart. I want to have a moment with him to have the mouth of the South share the ring with the Los Angeles loudmouth. Like I want that. I want that moment because I honestly think that even if it's just for the state of Indiana, even like, cause I try to be realistic. You know what I mean? Like I don't see myself bigger than what I am. Like, I don't think that you can market a, I don't think you can market a Jimmy Hart in a Hollywood house outside of Indiana. And people would, I mean, I got some people that are fans of what I do outside of the state. And and I'm blessed to have the fan base that I have, but not on like a, a national level. Now, yet. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause I want, I would love for it to get there. But like, if you market, if you market Jimmy Hart, managing so-and-so against Sam being managed by Hollywood house. And you do it in a promotion in the state of Indiana, it's going to buzz. Oh, I yeah. guarantee any of you promoters that are hearing me right now, 
and you want to do it right here in the state of Indiana, whether it be, I, I would love for it to happen at, at DCCW so or Merge. DCCW. Yeah, I would love for it. Like, like, Make it happen, I'm Jared. telling, like, <laughs> here's one thing, like, closed mouths don't get fed, right. especially in the yeah. professional wrestling business. So I'm talking to any of you promoters out there that can hear the sound of my voice right now. If you want that buzz, if you want to guarantee have people come to your show, book Jimmy Hart and Hollywood House on the same show and watch magic happen. I guarantee it. Awesome. I guarantee it. Awesome. I guarantee it. Because I'm a because I know that Jimmy's gonna bring it, and I know in my heart of hearts I'm gonna bring it. So I know that that especially going up against somebody of that caliber, yeah. like I feel like I held my own respectfully as far as sharing a ring with somebody the likes of Rikishi. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't mark out, like, oh, my gosh, like, I played my role right. Like, you put me in the ring with Jimmy Hart, no matter what the story is, no matter what it's going to be, I promise you I'm going to make it good, and I'm going to get that rub from you, Jimmy. I'm going to get that. I want that. So that's one big thing I want is to have that moment with Jimmy Hart because I get so many, like, just in the short time that I've been doing this, just in the last couple of years, I get more Jimmy Hart comparisons than any other manager. Any other manager, yeah, I I've can see it. I've heard Heyman, I've heard Bobby, but m more than anything else, it's been Jimmy. So I want that moment. So that's one big thing I want. Um, I want to I want to manage Sam at my home city of L.A. I want to go back to L.A. because I haven't done it outside of the state. I haven't done the Hollywood House thing outside of the state of Indiana, but I want to go home to L.A. and I want to do it with Sam. And, and have that moment. I don't care where the promotion is. I just want to do it in L.A. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is I would like to manage more established names. And I'm putting it out there because I know for a fact that this guy is going to watch it because he watches every single thing that I do. So I'm going to say it right now. And I know that you're watching. I don't care if it's going to be later because I know we're going to talk later because I got to edit your podcast. I want to manage you. Elijah Burke, the Pope. Ooh. I want to manage the Pope before it's all said and done for me. I want to do it. I would love to one day do it at the NWA because I want to go to the NWA one day and, and at least do one NWA show. You heard him. And it does. It don't have to be NWA. I just want to manage you, bro, one good time. Let me manage Pope <laughs> one time, and I promise you it's going to be good shit. So I want to manage the Pope. Um... Once again, I want to. I want to do. I want to hit that next level, that next stage. And I know that it's kind of like it's. It's a matter because it's professional wrestling is a lot of talking. Like people, people don't understand how you get in the business. Well, it's a lot of people saying, "Hey, this guy's good. Hey, you should give him a chance. You should give him a shot." Mm -hmm. So I want to get to a point where my credibility is so good that I'm getting that I have an opportunity to go to like an OVW. And do this at OVW or maybe a NWA or maybe an Impact. And if that's all that I get out of it, then I'm happy. Because I never, honestly, this is going to be crazy to say, I don't aspire to go to the WWE. Yeah. I don't. I, real, I really don't. Like, I know that that's like the childhood dream is to go to WWE. But like, when you get the stars out of your eyes and you really realize how the operation is running right now and you look at it from a business standpoint mm -hmm. and not at a standpoint of, oh my gosh, I've wanted to be here ever since I was 12 years right. old. This is the boyhood dream. If you look at it without the stars in your eyes, you realize seriously, WWE is not the place to be right now. It's the place to be for a lot of people, but it's not the place to be for everybody. And at this point in, in professional wrestling, at this point in where wrestling is at, 
it's not the end all be all. There's a lot of different places that you can go. So I say it straight up that my, my, I mean, if it ever were to happen, I'd probably do like a one-off or something like that. Like, cause the people do extra work with WWE all the time where they play like maybe like a security guard or maybe like an enhancement talent or something like that. So I would do that. But as far as taking a contract and working for them full time, I look at myself as I got enough money. Like I got enough money in this life. Like, and that's not to say that I'm a rich guy or anything like that. I'm just, I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? As far as my finances and everything like that. So like, I don't do this to try and make money. I do this because it gives me an opportunity to sink my teeth into something creatively and I've always been a creative person, whether it be me doing music. You guys can check me out. I got a couple of songs under my uh, under my stage name, Con Rome. I got a couple of songs on like uh, Spotify, on on uh, Apple Music, and stuff like that. So I've always been somebody that likes to be creative and do things creatively. But nothing more than being involved in professional wrestling has made me feel fulfilled creatively, and not like no matter what I've done creatively without a shadow of a doubt, by far more people in the professional wrestling community have taken notice to what I'm doing more than any other endeavor that I've done creatively in my Mm -hmm. entire life. So like, this is the bread and butter for me. This is what's working for me. So I couldn't be somewhere like WWE where they stifle your creativity. I wouldn't be happy. So yeah, that's the, like, like I said, that's answering the question there is, I want to share the ring with Jimmy Hart. I want to go to L.A. and and do this in front of my family with Sam. I don't want to do it with anybody else except for Sam in L.A. I, I want to manage Elijah Burke. I want to go to the N.W.A. or Impact or OVW just to get that stamp of validation that tells me that what I'm doing is working and could work in a in a professional televised type of opportunity because all those shows are shown on some sort of main streaming platform or 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 OVW's on local Louisville TV. You know what I mean? So I just want that moment to validate what I'm doing. Yeah, it shows that people are noticing you yeah. and, and respect what respect your work. Exactly. And that's what I want is for my work to be respected. That's big for me. And it seems like and I know uh, a couple of the other guys that we've had on have meant, have touched a little bit on this to the like that's kind of one of the hardest things for them is like, especially in the independent scene is how to judge, you know, success yeah. in the independent world. Yeah. It's like everybody has their own version of success. Yeah. What it is. And you're like, you mean, you can't discredit what one man calls success well, to, you know, no doubt. another man. Like, no well, doubt. Well, you got to understand whether it's independent wrestling or if it's doing a podcast, right. it don't matter if one person's watching you or if, a million. a million people yeah. watching it. You yeah. got you got you got to do the same show every time, whether yep. it's one person watching. Yep. Because eventually you're going to look up and there's going to be 200 people yep. watching. Or, it's a grind. Yeah. It's a grind. You can't so, expect to go be at the top just right off the bat. You got to nope. put it in your time and your work. Got to put that work in. That goes with anything that you're doing. No, no matter whether you're trying to be an in ring competitor like a lot of these young cats are, or if you're at the stage in the life that we're at and you just decide that you want to be a part of it, but you want to be a part of the media side of things. 
no matter what it is, there's hard work that goes into it. Whether you want to be part of the media and wrestling, whether you want to be a wrestler, whether you want to be an announcer, whether you want to be ring crew, whether whether you want to be a commentator, a manager, anything, a promoter, anything, you got to put the work in because this is a very handshake-based business in the indies. There's hardly anybody giving out contracts that's not WWE or AEW. So everything is handshake. So you got to have some damn integrity and you got to be able to do the things that you say that you're going to do because if you follow up, you'll quickly find that you just staying in a routine and doing what you're doing. People are going to fuck with that because they see that you're going to put your best foot forward every single time. And that's why it's easy to get booked. It's easy, but it's hard. It just depends on the person. Like, if you're somebody who's used to putting work in, like, if you're somebody that's used to putting your best foot forward all the time, like, people are going to be in your inbox all the time wanting to work with you because they see that you're going to do it. But then you have the other side of people that are very much saying, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it, and then they never do it, and then they wonder why nobody wants to work with them. Because you're somebody who's saying, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but you never deliver. So there's got to be a little bit of self-reflection as well, too, that it, are you putting in the work that you say you're putting in, or are you convincing yourself that you're putting in that work? Sometimes you got to be a little inward and, and look in the mirror, you know what I mean? Right. Got to be real with yourself. Yep. Yep. And don't, and don't let nobody hold you back. Don't yeah. Let, don't let one person's opinion or anything like that hold you back. Yeah. Man, I had, like, straight up, like... Everybody's not going to like everything you do. Facts, bro. That's big facts. Like, it's, it's like, man, because there's people that will that delete me off of social media. Like, they delete me off of, off of Facebook and everything. And it's not because I did anything to them personally, but it's because I promote myself constantly, and that shit is off-putting to people. Yeah. They don't like that, especially, especially in, like, humble old Indiana... Like people do not like that when all you do is talk nah. about yourself or all you do is it seems like you're you're an egomaniac. But like to those people, if there's anybody that's and I don't expect you to because if you deleted me, you probably ain't fucking with me anyway. <laughs> but but if whatever reason you you know what I mean, you scoping out on me to go to go tell the ops or something like that, like. It don't bother me, you know what I mean? Like, you really don't bother me because when I decided that I wanted to be a professional wrestling podcaster, when I decided I wanted to be a commentator, which when I promoted myself doing that, that was very off-putting because commentators don't normally put themselves out there like that. But then when I made the switch to be a professional wrestling manager and it was kind of like balls to the wall, like I can definitely put myself out there with the crazy shit that I do, people don't like that. And what y'all need to understand is that what I do is for the people who like it. I know I've had a couple of people do that too. Do yeah. On social media. Yeah. A lot of it's because I'm always sharing stuff. Yep, exactly. Exactly. The, That's the only way to get it out there. Exactly. How, are you, how else are you going to get it out there? If you don't promote yourself, how do you expect anybody else to do it? So those people who don't get it, who don't want to get it, it's okay. Because the things that I share and the things that my dudes here share when they're, when they're putting out their podcast every single day, putting in that hard work, you need to understand that it's not for you. It's for the people that want to see it. It's for the people mm -hmm. that seek out in your house. It's for the people that seek out Gonzo's wrestling room and Gonzo's sports room. That's who it's for so if you delete me because you don't like the fact that i'm chasing my dream or that my guys are chasing their dream over here you wasn't meant to be there in the first place this is our journey not yours so that's exactly. what i got to see on that that's all i got to say on that you know what i mean boom stamp it 
Stamp it. That's all I got to say on that. This is our journey, not theirs. So I'm very much, I'm me personally, I'm very much a believer in you got to know yourself. You got to realize what works for you because when you, because, and that's why, that's why like I use, man, I, when I was doing this a couple of years ago, I always had an entourage around me. I had a group of people around me because they, you know, they were all there for what I was doing. They saw the rise. They saw the, the buzz that was coming within your house. And I had some, some people that was rocking with me, but when it came down to put in, the real, real work. Like, obviously, you guys are a unit. Like, honestly, what you guys do together, I'm jealous of that shit low-key. <laughs> well, not, not. I don't want to say that because I appreciate and respect what you guys are doing, but, like, jealous in a way if I wish I had people that was putting in that same amount of work that had the same focus, that had the same mindset because I quickly realized that when shit got deep, when In Your House got really, really hot, blazing, especially especially in the heat of, like, 2019 and then early 2020, like, what you do when you get to that point of people, like, expecting you to put out content, like, that creates pressure. Like, and pressure does a lot of things to people. Oh, yeah. It does a lot of things to people. Pressure either brings out the best of you or makes a diamond or you get crushed under the pressure and you fold. And unfortunately for me, the people that I was keeping around me, they folded. You know what I mean? Which caused me to fold for a little bit. And I was down for like eight months. I didn't do a like my like I did my 200th episode in in October 2020. My 200th podcast podcast episode, and then I was like, "Man, let me just get through this because I know I'm about to take a hiatus." And I, because I was burnt out from doing as much work as I was doing, you know what I mean. And so I took eight months off, and finally came back and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, the, for me to all to say that is to say this is that when you get to that point, like people who wasn't supposed to be there, they fall off. Right. And they, and it, the, here's the crazy thing about it is, it's never like. Like, cause I feel like I'm a pretty direct person. Like if there's an issue that you have with me, like just come to me, like just say what it is. So that way we can get it out there in the open and, and work through it like men, you know what I mean? Or, or like, or, or, or if you one of those sensitive type people as non-binary or whatever, however you handle your business, whatever. <laughs> right. I, you know, I respect all sorts of different people, but the fact of the matter is you handle it and you handle it with respect and with honor and then you move on and it shouldn't be an issue after that if you handle it and everybody's understanding what we handling, right. you know what I mean? So I have people that's coming to me telling me that other people have an issue with what I'm doing or that they think I'm big leaguing or something like that. And I'm like, hold on, how come, how come bro didn't just come to me? How come he didn't just say nothing to me? Because at the end of the day, like, I'm the one who's buying all the equipment. Like, I'm the one who is carrying the show on my back. And, you know, you might come in and you might offer up some comic relief and whatnot. And you got some good insights on wrestling. But, like, the workload ain't the same. So, like, people who I used to associate with get to that point. Like, you get to a point, And what's that... What, what, what's that saying? Icarus gets too close to the sun and then his, his wings melt off. Mm -hmm. Like some people that, that where the sun is at is lower for some people than it is for other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when that pressure comes through, they fold and they find a reason to fold. Like it's self-sabotage. 
But I also realized that those people falling off me was a blessing for me as well. Because when those people fell off for me, I realized that their doubts, they were projecting onto me, which was creating doubt in myself. And I was doubting myself because I had somebody saying, hey, what if this doesn't work out? Hey, what if it's like, that's not me. Like I didn't like I didn't come I didn't come to this podcast interview like oh I hope I don't fuck it up oh I hope I don't mess it up I came here thinking that I was going to be open and have a great show and be entertaining with you guys I didn't think of what bad could have happened and I quickly realized when those people fell off of me and when I realized that they were instilling their doubts and pushing it on to me I realized that them deleting me and falling off and falling out of my life and falling off of my project was a blessing for me because it made me more powerful having them gone than I was when they was here. That negative weight just made you faster. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it was, bro. They they felt they fell off me and it was like a weight lifted off me and you know they might you know people I know for a fact that they still scoping me out because the people that are low key watching you and low key watching the shit that you're doing without reacting to it or or saying anything about it and then going back to people who is obviously your ops those are some of your biggest fans. You know what I mean? They the ones that's that's you know going and watching what you're doing, so they can go tell the other person like, oh, oh wait, oh, did you see what Khan did? Nah, I ain't worried about him. But what was he doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Hating, bro, straight hating. You know? I already know, man. That's just man. It's it's. I I, I don't get it. I don't well, uh, get it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I I gotta wrap this up because I got. Go to a movie with the family. We're going to watch a new Halloween movie. At oh three, yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I would love to have you back on again. No doubt, bro. But, no, uh, before no we doubt. get out of here, uh, promote all your stuff. Anything Absolutely. You say. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. First off, guys, you guys were amazing guests, and Thank I you. truly, truly appreciate you guys having me on. And I would love to come back and do this again. Like I would definitely come back and do something like once a month or something oh, like yeah. that to where I come through and we could just chop it up about wrestling or, or anything for that matter. We got you our hundredth episode coming up soon. Oh, really? Yeah. We, we got to get Hollywood Hey, what if we get, what oh, we get no the doubt. king? We, yeah. could, we get the lady man and him we could, over here yo, together. Yes. We I, could yeah. Uh, yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah, we could definitely, uh, definitely set up something once a month or whatever you want yeah, to do, Yeah, just man. so we can come on and chop it up about yeah. wrestling. But I like, updated. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Keep keep up with wrestling, keep up with what I'm doing, and we all just touch base every now and again. But let me go ahead and get moving because I will talk y'all's ears off and you got a family go watch movie with first off and foremost i didn't really get a chance to talk about you too much bro we talked about you a little bit but big shout out to my boy my dog my road dog my brother the right hand of god sam knight because you contributed to what the director is today and mikey was one of the one he was the one who gave me my first opening but sam you're the one who got me out to different promotions and opened my mind up to what this professional wrestling business really is and how big it can be so i can't go this entire podcast episode without shouting out my boy the right hand the guy Sam Knight shout out to the highlight reel and Dex Royal I love chatting it up with you kids when I get it when I get a chance to you guys can go as far as you want to go and just know that if I'm, me being a small a small sliver you know contributor to your guys' success that makes me happy and makes me proud listen I'm here to see all my homies do good so if I gotta sit on the couch and see y'all on WWE or see y'all on AEW you better believe I'm gonna be clapping for you just as hard as I would have been clapping for myself and that's hard facts um you can check me out at at in your house and 
at the director house on Instagram. I got two Instagrams, one for the podcast and one for, for me personally as a manager. Once again, that's in your house, H O W S C that's on Instagram. Also on Twitter at in your house and at Hollywood house. Once again, two of them, one for the podcast, one for the character. Also same thing on Facebook, Hollywood house, go check it out. I just recently got over 800 followers. I'm trying to now, work towards a thousand now. So if you guys can help me with that, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, and then at in your house where we have over 20,000 followers on our Facebook page, go check out my podcast. I'm going to do my little spill that I do on the podcast and you can check out in your house at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Himalaya. If you don't have an Apple device, that's all right. We're on Google Play. Anywhere that you guys are, we can get to you. We're listened to in 14 different countries all across these great United States, locally right here in Indiana, and we want to keep on growing. If you can, give me five stars. Give my guys here five stars, and not just because I'm on this episode. Give them five stars, period, because they're putting on a good show and getting y'all some money, all right? They're getting y'all that cash and that dough. So you guys really need to be hopping on this bandwagon and giving them those five stars and giving them those reviews. Do the same thing in, in your house. Um, my next uh, thing that I got going on for sure, without a doubt, is going to be November 6th. And that's at Trafalgar, Indiana. And that's Reap What You Sow for Emerge 58. Right now, I'm kind of, I, I kind of got my next major motion film going on and it's in production. It's called Exposing Emerge, where I'm going to expose all the atrocity that's going on in Emerge and make it into a documentary. And I guarantee that it's going to be a box office hit and the Academy will no longer be able to deny your director when Exposing Emerge hits theaters. It's going to expose Justin Kyle. It's going to expose Commissioner Chris Lowe. And I'm coming for all of the smoke at Emerge, November 6th. Check it out. Reap what you sow. Trafalgar. They're on IWT. TV. Check out things that I've done on IWTV in the past. So go check that out. That's independent wrestling television. It's pretty much like the WWE network for indie wrestling. Go check it out. You can get it on, on, on your Apple devices, on your, on, on your, uh, Android devices, and just come check me out and follow my crazy journey in professional wrestling. Cause this shit has been a fantastic ride. All the shit that happened from being from, from just being a timid kid from the streets of LA and, and, and denying, denying being part of a gang, being a part of, of, you know, all those gang affiliations. I had a lot of crips in my family and I denied all that to be who I am, which turned into a timid kid getting banged on at LA high and now turning into what you see today, which is one of the hottest professional wrestling managers coming up in the state and coming up nationally very soon. So please go follow my journey. Cause I need all y'all and I appreciate it. And I appreciate it. Y'all boys have me on the show. You guys are fantastic, and I'll be more than happy to come back on again. Uh, we appreciate you very much, man, and we enjoy everything you've done, and we enjoy watching you. And we're going to keep enjoying watching your rise and uh, see see, uh, see what new heights and new horizons you reach from here on out. Yes, sir. It's going to be fun, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hollywood fucking house, baby. <laughs> hey. Hell yeah. Still on? Yeah. Hey, hey, Hollywood House. Yeah, man. Appreciate, appreciate the grind. Appreciate man. it. Thank you. I price break jaws. Go back and real go back and rewatch. Uh, go back and rewatch the every Kishi episode. Delete that. Get it out of here. Delete it. I don't want none of that scene. None of that. I'll tell you what. We deleted it. Hey, we deleted it. Hey, that, hey, that's on there. Go that watch. That video is done. 
done real good. Right? Yeah, it has. It has. It's, that yeah, video. so many people's watched it. It's right. Awesome. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. Check out this great podcast, guys. Uh, definitely. What y'all? Y'all run Monday through Friday. Yep. How are y'all yep. doing? And that? Saturdays and Sundays. And sa- so every day, every guys. Day. Every guys. Day. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to jump into that spill right now. Oh. Uh, don't forget, we're live Monday through Friday. Easy Money, a sports betting show, 11 a.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, we're also live at 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with GSR Gonzo Sports Room on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We're usually live on Saturday nights for UFC fights. We'll be live tomorrow night at 6.30 for the UFC fight night, Lad versus Dumont. And then we're also going to be covering the Bellator fights tomorrow night that start at 7 p.m. Their main card is at 10, and they got a couple championship fights. We cover Bare Knuckle. So, we cover yeah. everybody. So, hey, you can find us Gonzo Cave Sports Fury. Room. Check out our uh, social media pages, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Gonzo Sports Room. You can also find GSR and Easy Money, the sports betting show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Most places you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, what else? Oh, merch. Check out our merch yep. store. We got some t-shirts back here you can see. Uh, we have some of the GWR shirts on hand. If you're around the Muncie area, get a hold of us. We'll get them to you. About to start uh, getting cold. Get your beanies, get your hoodies, get your long sleeve tees. Mm-hmm. Get you one of them hoodies, man. Nice. And we yeah, will be uh, broadcasting nice. live November 7th from uh, WCWO. Indianapolis, for their, Indiana. Uh, for their Heroes Helping Heroes uh, show. Come out and support the veterans. That's on November 7th. I believe the bell time's five. I'll get the graphic up uh, to, uh, on Monday so more people can see it. But, uh, make sure you support them. They're a good. They have a lot of young talent out there, and they're ran by some good people. Uh, you, you guys got anything before we get out of here? Uh, oh, I have one for, more thing. Oh, go ahead. GWR. Uh, we're get, we're here real soon. But we're going to be doing a a weekly show. It'll be a just a straight wrestling podcast. Uh, I'll let you know here real soon on the exact date. But uh, that way we'll have a wrestling show. We'll have our sports show, and basically we're going to have three shows. But just bear with us. We'll get that information out real soon. Follow us on social media at Gonzo Sports Room. That's where we post all of our information at. Uh, thanks for tuning in, uh, everybody out there watching. Thanks to Hollywood House for coming in studio. Um, don't forget to hit up all his social medias and follow him. Give him a big follow. Big shout-outs to uh, ladies named Mike King, Jared Bird, Terry King, all of DCCW, uh, JKO, and all of the guys over at uh, WCWO. And, um, that's it, man. Yeah. All right, you. hey, thanks for coming. Thanks hey, support, for watching. Support our support brother us. Hollywood House. He's, yep. in my opinion, the best manager in the business right now coming up. So go check him out. Uh, you guys can uh, see us tomorrow, six thirty p.m. Yep. Come join us for the UFC fights. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Where to run or hide, I don't stop till it's finished. Me, I be minding my business, drop more records in Guinness. Gotta be a Guinness World Record. Don't play chess nor checkers. I only play for keeps. Came out the east, boy, I'm a beast. He gotta keep the peace. That thing on him is keeping the peace. I never sleep out in the streets. Gotta stay out there, reach. With the mob, talk that talk. Say go peace, yeah. Feel so big, talking Papa Sean and Meach. Yeah. We had some pride. We had some pride. Put it aside. Yeah, yeah. Cutting the pie. With all the guys, yeah. Made mistakes and then I made up my mind. What are the side? I gotta grind, yeah. 
I gotta grind, I gotta grind, I gotta grind, I gotta grind, yeah, yeah. All of the 